Oh, what a what a great thing way to start our service out today. This uh, next one is a, a, a one of my favorite worship songs, and uh, it's called "Good Good Father" is the name of it. I'm gonna get it set up real quick here. Good Good Father. I've heard a thousand stories of what you think you're like. I've heard the tender whispers of love in the deep of the night. And I'll tell you that you're pleasing, I'm never alone. Because you're good, good father where you are it's where you are it's where you are and I'm loved by you it's who I am it's who I am it's who I am and I've seen you searching for answers for nowhere far and wide and I know you're searching for answers that only you can provide. And I know, I know you need it, but you just can say the word. You're good, good father. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. And I'm loved by you. It's who you are. It's who you are, it's who you are. And you're perfect in all of your ways. See, you're perfect in all of your ways. You're perfect in all of your ways to us. So love is so unattainable, pieces I can hardly speak. Peace so unattainable, I can hardly think as you call me. Oh, you call me deeper, you call me, you call me deeper, you call me. You call me deeper into love, love. Because you're perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Because you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are, it's who you are, and I love you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Cause you're perfect in all of your ways. You see, you're perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all 
of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You're perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are. Oh, you're a good, good father. Good, good fathers. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Oh, good, good father. Good, good father. Good, good father. Yeah, he is our father, isn't he? He's perfect in every way to be a good, good father. Amen? Amen, everybody? Did I hear amen? That's right. All right, this is a song that I introduced a few weeks ago to you, this next one, and um, it's called Jesus Messiah, one of my favorite worship songs. I think you guys will like this, and uh, we're going to do that for you right now. Jesus Messiah. sin knew no sin he might have become the righteousness he humbled himself he carried the cross his love was amazing his love was amazing come on everybody stand up now it's too nice of a day to be sitting down Name above all names, come on now. Blessed Redeemer, you at home, get off the couch, come on now. Emmanuel, and we'll rescue for sinners. blood and the wine broken and poured for all of our love the whole world trembled his veil was torn his love is amazing oh his love is amazing Jesus Messiah Emmanuel, 
rescue for sinners. Those of you out in the cars, here we go. And a ransom from heaven, Jesus, Messiah, Lord of all. All hope is in you. Jesus Messiah, name above all names, blessed Redeemer, they call him Emmanuel, rescued for sinner, Amen. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to church. It's so good to see everybody. Um, you know, I just wanted to uh, give a shout out to Gina today because I want to let you know it is possible to tell and show each other how much you love each other without touching each other. Because last week I was sitting in the sun and Gina after church was like, what are you doing? You need to get a hat or something. I'm so worried about you. And Honestly, that was one of the nicest things. Uh, I mean, I, that just really hit my heart, and I was just really touched by it because it means she really cared about me, and I just really appreciated it. And she did it without touching or hugging me or any sort of direct contact. So I really appreciate that, Gina, and she's right here in the parking lot. Uh, so thank you, Gina. Uh, yeah, so announcements. I just uh, We have Bible study and prayer this week. Prayer, Tuesday night, 6.50, join on Zoom. Uh, and then also Bible study on uh, Wednesday night at 6.50 on Zoom. If you join a little earlier, that will help Pastor Charlie uh, get help get you connected. Uh, and just text him if you have any problems, him or Jeannie. Pastor Charlie, yeah. Uh, so I don't know what it is. Even though we've been told these like a million times on the news by everybody, we're five months in, for some reason we keep forgetting. Why is that? Why do we keep forgetting what the guidelines are? I don't know, but we keep forgetting. My dad is one of the biggest offenders, okay? I have to remind him like, I don't know, two or three times a day. Uh, so just as a reminder, just, you know, you guys are doing a really great job. You know, we're one of the safest churches. We appreciate all your hard work. We love you. Uh, but just as a reminder, bring your mask, your chair and your blanket, to ch or your chair, and your umbrella or hat to uh, church. 
Uh, remember, no direct contact, no elbow bumps, no hugs, no kisses. Um, maintain six to ten or six to eight feet of uh, distance at church at all times and in the parking lot. Uh, the bathrooms are for emergency use only. As a reminder, we're not going to like ask you and make sure and verify it's an emergency. If you say it's an emergency, it's an emergency. Um, stay home if you're sick, okay? Um, or you know, if you if you if you know that you were in contact with someone who tested positive for COVID, please you know call uh, call me and let me know or text me and stay home, okay? Uh, we love you, but we want to keep everyone safe and we want to spread the gospel and not the germs. Um, so, but also, we also don't want to spread fear or sow fear either, um, because we also feel like it's very important for us to be coming to church if and when we can. We know not everyone can. There's some people who have underlying, you know, risk factors based on age or other, other conditions. So, you know, if, if you need to stay home, you need to stay home. We're not trying to, you know, pressure anybody, but at the same time, we want to remind you that. Here are the five reasons why it's important to be coming to church if and when you can. One, the proclamation of scripture in corporate worship is God's design for your, God's primary design for your spiritual growth and well-being. All right. Number two, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says we should meet together regularly on a, on a regular basis in corporate worship. And that's every week. All right. We should be coming every week if and when we can. Um, also, coming to church is a statement to others and the world that God is worthy of worship. We know that where we place our time and where we place our money and our investment, that shows what our what where our heart is, what we value. Uh, uh, fourth, uh, it allows you coming to church allows you to minister uh, uh, and serve other people. That's an important part of our faith. You know, our faith, it's not about our own needs. It's about ministering and serving other people. And lastly, when we come to church, it's a foretaste of what it's like to be in heaven. Uh, heaven is going to be like this. Not as hot, but heaven is going to be like this. Fellowship of all of us believers together. Um, so anyway, uh, lastly, I just want to let you know your tithes and offerings uh, you can, there's three ways you can give. You can give online. I think they should be putting up the website underneath me on the broadcast. It's New Heart, N-E-W-H-E-A-R-T, the number four, Y-O-U.com. Uh, and if you just click uh, give online on our website, you can give online. It's a real easy, germ-free way of giving your tithes and offerings. You can also uh, give in this red box over here on the table if you're here in person. We can't give out pens because of germs, but there's some uh, envelopes. And if you bring your own pen, you can fill it out and drop it in the box. And lastly, if you're at home and you don't want to use uh, a web our website, you can uh, mail a check uh, to 380 East Covina Boulevard, Covina, California, 91722. So without further ado, I am so pleased to say that today we are celebrating Soraya Amadeo's graduation from high school. Just hold on there. Just wait there for a second, Soraya. I have some things that I want to say about Soraya before we bring her up for an interview. And we have a really great gift for her, uh, similar to what we had for Matthew last week. So I think what I, I was I was thinking about this a lot, actually, um, because Soraya, I, Soraya has a very special place in my heart, I will say. Um, and I think it, it really stems from 
Sarai and I have very similar personalities. And I don't know if you know the nature of similar personalities, but at times, similar personalities can clash. Um, And anyone who has gone to camp with us knows that our personalities at times have clashed. Um, And Samantha's laughing over there because she says those were some of the most enjoyable and fun times was seeing Sarai and I clash. But, you know, the thing is, the reason why Sarai has such a special place in my heart is because I've had to work so hard um, to get to a point where we understand each other, where we uh, really respect and value each other. And um, because we've gone through all that work, I've been able to see what a special person she is how deeply she cares about everyone in our church and her family and her brother and her sisters and her grandpa and just the entire family, her grandma. She just loves so deeply and she cares so deeply about everyone. And that's just a very special quality. And, um, and, and the fact that she's always trying to better herself. I see that in her. She wants to be better. She wants to um, you know, be able to make decisions on her own. And it's such a beautiful quality to see in someone, someone who's just not satisfied with who they are now, but they want to constantly be better. They constantly want to serve other people around them better. They constantly want to treat other people around them better. And um, just because of it and just because of all the effort and time that we've put in to talking things out and working things out calmly, I've just seen what great character she has, and so I'm just so happy to be celebrating with her here on the lawn, her high school graduation. So we're going to invite Soraya up. i got to clean off the mic, um, so let me clean off the mic real quick, and then we're going to invite her up, and my dad is going to interview her. Yes, I'm equally excited to have Soraya here because she came to us as a young girl. I'm going to show a picture of her to you on the screen. Uh, when she was nine years old, and she was such a cute little girl, and then she grew up, and she started asking questions that I had a hard time understanding and tr- have a, a good answer for her, but finally I was able to, and now she's cute and she's smart, and let's welcome Soraya Amadeo. <laughs> so Soraya, yes, welcome. Hi. Now. Charles said some nice things about you. Thanks, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> that you always want to better yourself and do better. So why did you want to go on and continue your education? Because that's the only way to like make money, and I want to make money and do something in life. So that's why. You want to be independent and, and break away from the Amadeos and have your own uh, country, right? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> now, in all that, were you tempted not to go? Yeah, because there was a lot of discouragement and laziness, <laughs> <laughs> but I did it, so I pushed through that. So, what kind of obstacles did you face? Being lazy and not wanting to do work and clashing with my teachers. Okay, so here's an important question. How did you get over your laziness? I'm still lazy, but... <laughs> <laughs> I did it, so. Something inside you drove you. Now, I know your your grandma was encouraging you to go s- to college, right? Yeah, my yeah. grandma. She's yeah. always encouraged school. Yes, good. So what do you want to be? A radiologist. A radiologist. Praise the Lord. You're going to go to a good school, Mount Sac, that has a good uh, ratings for people to go on to other colleges, so that's great. What would you tell, so tell someone, Soraya, 
that doesn't want to go to college, what would you tell them? I would tell them they probably should because it's a good way to do something in life and to lead your path. So, yeah. Very good. Now, last question. What have you learned from New Heart Foursquare Church? Because you've been here as a child. You're in children's church. You went to youth church. Now you're graduating. What have you learned from church that will help you in going to college? That you may fall out with God and you may fall out with your family or school, but you'll always have him there for you and he'll always lead you back to the right path. Beautiful. Amen. Give her a hand. You know what? I have something else for you here. We have a little uh, prize package. Yeah, you can open it, of course. We have some wonderful things for you. Particularly, I'd like you to open up the banner. Show them the banner that we got. Oh, we don't have the uh, banner? Oh, uh, we couldn't get the banner. Okay, we have a tumbler that has... And a Bible. And has your name, Soraya Amadeo. <laughs> so you'll always remember us when you're at school, after you do your homework, or after you do, uh, before you do your homework, you can study. It's like Christmas. Okay. Bible promises for graduates. And we have a beautiful card. And a tumbler. For those late nights, you can have your coffee and think of us. So thank you. Give a round, round of applause for Soraya. Well, praise the Lord. So good to see uh, our youngins graduate and move on to greater and bigger and better. Amen. So that's uh, two down, three to go for the Amadeos. They'll be up here one day. So welcome, everyone. It's a blessing to come together, whether we're on the lawn, whether we're on Facebook, we're other, even if we're on webs the website. The Bible says in Psalms 133, verse 1, how good and pleasant it is for brethren and sisters to dwell together in unity. Can I get an amen? amen. So we're learning that even though church, uh, it, it, we can't come into a building, we are joined together in the spirit with one another and the Lord is Lord of us all. The, the Bible says there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is above all and through all and in us all. Amen? So even though we're not in this building, we are joined together. I call people all the time and I talk with them and it's good to experience what they're going through. We're all going through the same thing, locked down, you know, looking at the four walls, uh, seeking the Lord. And... Um, the last two weeks, I was happy to have Terry McFadden and Pastor Gary George come. I, I like to have them come because I get the chance, and we all get a chance to hear the Bible from a different point of view, a different perspective. Now, uh, Sister Terry, she has a heart cry for the Lord. You can hear it in her heart when she's crying. She says, oh, people, <laughs> come people and serve the Lord. That's what her her, her uh, motivation is. Pastor Gary is more like a cheerleader. He's there you know, telling us we need to seek the Lord, we can trust in the Lord, and, and he's, he's, a, he's an encourager. 
And I'm more of a teacher. I'm more of a teacher and dissect the word of God and give you ways to actually seek the Lord and to prosper in all that he does, all that he wants you to do. You know, I was so excited. You know, you can prosper even during COVID. Uh, in 2016, I just want to get this testimony. It's amazing when I first when I saw it yesterday. 2016, we got some money from my father. He left us uh, quite a bit of money. And so we rolled it over into a, a 501, no, 401, what is it, 401 something. And, and uh, so I figured, oh, I, have, I won't have to pay taxes. I'm rolling it over. Well, in 2018, the IRS said, oh, no, I'm sorry, sir, but you do have to pay taxes on that. So you have, you're going to have to pay the taxes. And also you're going to be charged with a penalty and interest for what you did. <laughs> Jesus, help me. <laughs> so we, we went to another accountant, one that could help us better. And so he said he refiled it and said, well, just give an explanation and they'll probably let you off. I go, OK, I like that. So we did refile it and we did put an explanation, but they wrote back and said, no, I'm sorry, sir. But still, you know, ignorance is no excuse for the law. You've heard that before, right? And so. The, the accountant said, well, you know what? Maybe they just didn't understand the whole situation. So let's write another letter, and, and you sign it, and you send it. Hallelujah. I go, well, okay, I'll just go through the motions. How many times some, sometimes you just go through the motions? You don't know what's going to happen, but you're just believing by faith that something's going to happen. And, and so I sent it, and lo and behold, yesterday, I got a letter that said, we are going to refund you the penalties and the interest that we charge you for $1,260. Thank you very much. Well, the Lord's mercy is good. Amen. How many people ever get money back from the IRS on a complaint or a, a, a situation that you're, you're asking for a different ruling on? I was just so happy about that. I, you don't seem that happy. Of course, you guys didn't get the check. But <laughs> amen. <laughs> The Bible says rejoice with those that are rejoicing. Amen. <laughs> it could be you next time. OK, it doesn't have to be the IRS. You don't know where it can come from. My father had been retired for over six, seven years. Actually, he had passed away. They found me and gave me the money. So maybe people are looking to give you some money. The angels go forth and bring in money to the people of New Heart. Amen. So we're, today we're going to learn about how to be like Jesus. Can anybody give me an amen on that? Isn't that our goal, really, to be like Jesus, to be conformed into his image? The Bible says we are predestined to be conformed into his image. That means God, when he made it, he said, I'm going to make them to be like my son. Isn't that good? He in us and us in him, that they may be one as we are one. So there's many aspects of being like Jesus. We, all, we like the powerful Jesus, right? The one that did miracles, uh, healed the sick, made the lame to walk, uh, cast out demons. We like the powerful Jesus, don't we? Well, Jesus said, you'll be like me and you'll do my works and greater works will you do. Well, good. That's good news. Uh, how about a soul winner? Jesus said, I come to seek that which is lost. He said, I didn't come for the righteous, but I came for the sinners to bring them to repentance. Are we like Jesus? Do we want to be soul winners? Well, Jesus said, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Isn't that what he said? Didn't, didn't he say, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the greater, the uttermost parts of this earth? He said that, right? Uh, we, we, want, we want to be like Jesus, don't we? 
Okay, I, I can tell you we need to warm you up a little bit. Okay. The Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion. Uh, I like Charles' story talking about Gina. She was moved with compassion and said, oh, Charles, where is your hat? <laughs> Jesus saw the sheep without a shepherd, and he wanted to teach the multitude. Praise God. That's my calling. I wanted to be a shepherd. I wanted to teach the people about the Lord. But all of these attributes, being a servant, being a, being a soul winner, being a, a power witness for God, all come from the point, an attribute of being a servant. How many of you want to be a servant? <laughs> well, that's not real popular. I got one amen on that. It's not real popular to be a servant. But God said in Isaiah that he called Jesus, behold, my servant whom I have chosen. And, you know, in Matthew, it talks about uh, well done, thou good and faithful. What? Preacher? No. Good and faithful singer? No. Good and faithful servant. Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. He didn't come in town and saying, okay, I'm here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's have a party. No. He was a servant. Now, this might not be popular to the youth, you know, because when I was young, I thought everything revolved around me. Can, you, can I get a witness on that? My wishes, my wants, my desires, my clothes, my popularity, you know, I thought the world revolved around me, me, myself, and I. But that's kind of like it was when uh, on this planet, we thought the earth was the center of the universe. Do you, do you remember that? We thought, well, because, you know, the sun comes up, right, in the east, sets in the west. Well, we must be the center of everything. And uh, because when Joshua, when he was uh, fighting, the sun stood still, so we said, oh, okay, we must be the center of the universe. But in the 1500s, a guy named Nicholas Copernicus, anybody remember that guy? Nicholas Copernicus, he was a mathematician and astrologer, and he said, you know what? Hold the fort. We're not the center of the universe. Well, well that was big news. He said, actually, the sun is the center of the universe, and we revolve around it. Jesus is the sun, and we revolve around him. Amen. <laughs> so, but what happened was that the church didn't like that about him saying that because they said, well, how can that be? You know, the earth stood still. The Bible says the earth's foundation shall never be moved. We're not moving. But then a guy named Galileo, you ever heard of Galileo? Galileo had a telescope that he could see out there. And he said, yes, gentlemen. It is true we are not the center of the universe. It's the sun that is. And they didn't like him so much. They put him in house arrest for the last nine years of his life for that theory. Wow. Crazy, huh? Well, they had to change their thinking. And guess what? I have to change and we have to change our thinking. We have to think, how can I serve? How can I be a servant? How when I wake up in the morning, what should I do? How, Lord, what do you want me to do? How can I please you? What can I do to uh, do your will in my life? Praise God. I don't think Jesus woke up and didn't have a clue of what to do. Do you think he woke up and the disciples said, well, where are we going today, Jesus? I don't really know. You know, it's like, what do you guys feel like doing? 
You want to go to Galilee? You want to go to Samaria? I don't know. No, he, he got up early. He prayed. He knew exactly what he was supposed to do. Now, we have a good friend here, Edwin and Lydia, that came. I invited them. I thank them for coming. But he wakes up in the morning and prays and says, how can I be a blessing to somebody? Who can I pray for? So the last couple of months, I've been kind of, oops, I've been kind of, uh, okay, there goes, the, there goes the message. <laughs> the last kind of, last uh, couple of months, I've been praying to the Lord, and I've been a little, you know, uneasy because I have uh, some symptoms that they said, well, they may come back. They may come back. And I said, well, Lord, I can't see them. How do I know if they're going to come back or not? So when I'm praying, I'm just kind of like, but Lord, are you going to come through? For, are you going to keep me clean? Are you going to keep me whole? And so this was going on for a couple months, and then I started crying out to the Lord. You ever cried out to the Lord? Lord, I need you to show me. I need you to talk to me. I need, I need a, something, Lord. And so I get this phone call from Edwin, and I didn't really remember. I remembered his name, but not his, not his face. He goes, uh, Pastor Chuck, um, I was praying this morning, and the Lord put you on my heart. I said, really? <laughs> I hadn't seen him for two or three years. He said, yeah, I, I've been praying for people for healing the last uh, number of years. And he was telling me some stories about how somebody had a broken finger, and he prayed for him, and it came, came back. And I go, that's wonderful. He said, can I get together with you sometime, and we can talk, and we can pray? And what would you say? I'd say, what about now? <laughs> we, we, well, why do we wait? Let's pray now. And so he prayed, and the Lord, I just felt the assurance of the Lord that God was doing something in my body, that I wouldn't have to worry or be concerned about it anymore. The Lord hears the prayers of his servant, and he sends people to be servants to you. So you have to think about how can I serve somebody? I, I, just here earlier, Matthew Amako came by to say uh, thank you and goodbye. And he said, she said, his mom said, thank you for the suitcase and the backpack that you gave us. And I said, what briefcase? What, what backpack? And William said, oh, yeah, I, I, I gave that to them. He was thinking of them because he's going to Illinois, going to Notre Dame. And here he's thinking or Indiana, he's thinking about how can I be a servant? How can I bless? Th that's what we have to, we have to be consumed with that. How can we bless someone? So I was praying the other day, and I said, Lord, uh, put somebody on my mind, so, uh, on my heart. And so I had a, a name, and I called her, and she said, that's wholly coincidental because I, I just lost my father a week ago, and I've just been tormented about it. And she just needed some assurance and reassurance about where the where his her father was and the assurance of heaven that the promises that we have told her a little bit about what heaven what I've read about what I've heard and she was lifted up amen so what can we do well it could be something as as uh, simple as opening a door for someone asking them can you can can you help them with something maybe with their homework assignment you see them kind of uh, lingering around and not able to do stuff. You know, uh, a lifeguard, anybody ever seen a lifeguard out there? Uh, a lifeguard, his job is to watch and see if everybody's doing okay. That's his job, right? 
if somebody's flailing out there in the ocean, if their head's going under the water, if they don't have a breath, what, what does he do? He runs out there. He's, he's ever mindful. He's watching. And we have to be that amongst each other. We have to watch out and look for each other. If someone's flailing in life and, and they need a helping hand, if somebody's short of breath, you know, that needs a little encouragement or prayer, if somebody needs a helping hand, we have to be that people that go out and do that. And the Bible says if we do that, we're employed of God and he will bless us in all that we do. Praise God. Now, one thing about a lifeguard I found out is a lifeguard is not judgmental. You know, a lifeguard, when he sees you out there and you're struggling, he doesn't say, you know, I never did like that guy anyway. <laughs> you know, did you see the suit that that guy had on and, and the hairdo and the tattoos and do you see how he just walked by me, didn't pay me no mind? Doesn't he know that I'm here trying to help him, watch him? You know? He didn't even say hello. He just walked on by. I don't think I'm going to save him. That, that's an attitude that we can't have. Uh, you know, he he could have said, well, didn't he see the warning signs out there? You know, don't, don't come across this line. You could say that about your friends. I told him not to date that guy. I, I told him not to take that job. I told him not to buy that house well they made their made their bed in it they just have to lie in it no we can't be that way right i know this is not real popular message but i'm hoping that it'll penetrate into your heart because it'll make a difference in your life to do great things you know the bible says that he that giveth mercy receiveth mercy that's why i talked about that irs i'm a merciful guy I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind to people. I try to help people out as much as I can. And because I'm merciful, God is merciful with me. Praise God. So let's look at this. In Philippians chapter 2, we're going to find an example of how to be like Christ. Because we have to learn how to, by example, you know, when you're growing up or when you're learning a new job, uh, they have what they call apprentices, right, uh, Ray? You have apprentices on the job. You show them. You say, watch me. Watch me do this. And, and then if they watch correctly, they do it. But it, it, they can get out of school. They can have all the education. But if they don't follow it by example, they can't do it. So here's the example that Paul is writing about Jesus. And he's in, pr he's in prison. He's in jail. And he's saying, oh, woe is me. <laughs> Why am I in this place? Are you guys? Pr no. Just trying to see if you're paying attention. He said, if you have any encour encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any comfort from his love, if you have any common sharing in the spirit, if you have any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, valuing others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. What? What, what kind of instructions is this? What happened to me, myself, and I? You know, <laughs> we're, we're taught to get everything you can and can everything that you get. Build up your, your, your uh, retirement. Build up your savings account. Get the best car. Get the best house. I mean, it's all good to do all that, but don't neglect those that need help around you. Amen? 
You can't be concerned with my looks, my clothes, my car, my house, my, my, my. It's okay to be concerned about yourself, but God wants you to be concerned about others. The Bible says to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Where is that in the Bible, Pastor Chuck? That's in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, in case you want to look it up. Bear one another's burdens. My question to you is, are you bearing anybody else's burdens? Are you caring for somebody? Are you bringing them along? Are you caring for them and, and, and being that difference in their life? It could be as simple as, like I said, as opening a door for someone, smiling, saying something nice to them. That's a start. That gets you going, right? Uh, when, so when someone comes to your mind, do something for them. You know, we're, we're joined in one spirit. So when I'm praying in the morning, I'm praying for you all, and I'm thinking, okay, who needs a call? Who needs a touch? What are they going through? And nine times out of ten, it's somebody that really needed help. So I've learned how to come off the mark, so to speak. Can I get an amen? Come off the mark. Get off your rusty dusty and do something. <laughs> get off your blessed assurance. Amen? Now, now we have a tendency to be lazy, like Sarai was saying, but she overcame it. <laughs> and uh, uh, One example is my mother-in-law, Mary Ann's mom. Now, she will go to great lengths to be a servant to her family. There are times when, she, when Charles was younger and he wanted to visit his cousin who was in Oceanside visiting uh, his grandma. So Mary Ann's mom said, oh, I'll come up and get him. You gotta be kidding me. All uh, an hour and a half drive up to Oceanside, pick him up, bring him back to the house. That's three hours right there. They played a while. Then she would bring him back to the house and then go back to Oceanside. Are you kidding me? This, this is going above and beyond the call of duty. Now, I noticed that I was slacking a little bit because at times when my wife and I were in bed, and you know how it is when you're just ready to go to sleep, and my wife would say, oh, could you go downstairs and get me a glass of water? And what's our usual response? Get it yourself. Are your legs broken? <laughs> but I had to say, wait a minute. I'm a servant of the Most High. I, I, I'm called to help my wife, be a blessing to her. So when I heard about how her mom was, I said, you mean she can come all the way to Oceanside and pick up my son? I can't even go downstairs to get a glass of water? Oh, shame on me. Shame, shame, shame. So I went downstairs, got, here you go, babe. And then, you know what, it just kind of uh, grew from there. And now she's, you know, she was working with Kaiser, and uh, she's working at home. And uh, so she, she works, you know, she's kind of inundated by work, so she doesn't have time to think about food. So Mr. Servant makes her breakfast in the morning, does his errands, comes back, makes sure she has lunch, right? Then does some more errands, goes and prays and takes care of things and comes back and makes sure she has dinner. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. This is something that I never thought I would do. <laughs> well, I, I'm not really trying to, 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 to pat my, myself on the back. I'm just trying to let you know that there's some things that you can do that you maybe you're not doing at home or with your neighbor or wherever. You know, we heard about Terry McFadden giving groceries to her neighbor every week for four months. And he was ignoring them. 
I said, you need to tell him that, you know, you're, you're the one. No, we don't want to do that. You know, well, whatever. To each his own, whatever you're doing, is you're doing. Uh, Terry's an amazing woman. And, and she learned it from her, her parents because her parents would, like, reach out all the time for people that were, uh, you know, didn't have a home. And during Thanksgiving, thank you, during Thanksgiving, they would always invite people to come to the house and have Thanksgiving. And, and sometimes they didn't leave. Sometimes they stayed for a year or two. And so Terry finally said, you know, one Thanksgiving, she said, Dad, Mom, can't we have a Thanksgiving where it's just us? We, we, do we have to invite strangers to come into the house? <laughs> so she learned that. And when, one day when we were at, at, at the office, when we worked together, she came in and she had this terrible look on her face. I go, Terry, what's the matter? She goes, what are we going to do about Matthew 25? I said, I don't know. What's in Matthew 25? <laughs> she said, feed the poor. Pray for the sick. Visit those that are in prison. She goes, we need to get a food ministry in here. I go, oh, go ahead, Terry. That's fine with me. So we organized. We started having a food ministry for well over two years. Why? So God put something in her heart to be a servant. Praise the Lord. The Bible says what? If you give just a cup of cold water to a little child, you will no wise lose your reward. Notice it's a cold a cup of cold water. So if ever I, someone asks me for water, I make sure it's cold. I want my rewards. Are you just doing rewards to get to heaven? No, I'm doing rewards because I'm going to heaven. I want to have a mansion in the sky accumulated by all the good works that I do. How about you? Thank you. I got one hallelujah. Uh, you know, there's a fine line between pastoring and pestering. I'm trying to get you guys <laughs> thinking about I need to get some reward. If you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me, right? If you haven't done anything for anybody, you don't get any rewards when you get into heaven. Oh, wouldn't that be terrible? So <laughs> hopefully this message will reach you sometime during the middle of the week going like, hey, here's an opportunity for me to do something for somebody. I can get a reward for this. Now, I'm not working to get a reward, but because I have gotten God's blessing and God's eternal life, I want to give back to him i'm not counting them i don't have a scorecard at, at home i don't have i did this i did that i got angels that are doing that right it's being recorded in heaven i can remember when i first got saved i said lord don't come now give me give me some time i got to get my rewards i got to get some things going on so let's go back and look at the scripture in verse five it says in your relationships with one another the bible says let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Is, is that hard to imagine? His mind can be our mind. The things that we think can be the things that he thought. And Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of, a of the devil. He had that mind to reach out and do those kinds of things. Now, well, our mind is a funny thing. Sometimes it's, it's a runaway. You, you know that? You can start thinking about something before you know it, you're gone. The mind, you can go to Paris and have a meal uh, on the sidewalk and come right back home and never leave. I mean, your mind can just do crazy things. And so uh, Ron and I were talking about there's a feud between the Dodgers and the Houston Astros. Have you heard about it? Houston Astros were cheating. 
in the World Series. They were stealing signs with a camera that was hidden in the center field bleachers. That's a no-no. You're not supposed to do that. And so the manager got uh, suspended for a year. The general manager got suspended for the year. But nothing happened to the players. And they act like, oh, no big deal. We would have beat you anyway. We're the better team. Really? <laughs> so the Dodgers played the Astros the other day. And the, one of the pitchers who played for Boston before started throwing at two of the guys because the guys were like being, you know, pompous about their, their attitude. And so he threw at him, and they, he got an eight-game suspension. So someone asked me, since I'm a baseball aficionado, Pastor Chuck, what do you say about that? I said, well, my baseball mind says, yeah, that you're supposed to do that. <laughs> Those players need a little jolt. They need a little brush back. They need a little scare. And, and so my, that's what my baseball mind says. But my Christian mind says what? Said, no, no, don't pay evil with good. I mean, pay evil with good. Don't repay evil for evil, right? And so I'm saying, oh, man, I, I got I to gotta change that, change the way I am. But Jesus was that way, right? What did he say on the cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He wasn't thinking about himself. He was thinking about them. He told uh, John, behold your mother. He's thinking about what's going to happen to Mary when he's gone. He's ministering and soul winning to the thief that's next to him on the cross. While he's dying in excruciating pain, the worst pain that you could ever feel. And yet we can't even get out of bed and do something for somebody else. Can I get an amen? All right. Uh, let's see here. Okay. So let's go back to the scripture that we're talking about, what Jesus says. He says, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, are you ready for this? And this is what shocked me when I first read it when I was a young boy. But rather, he made of himself no reputation. How many of you are vying to get no reputation? You're just trying to be just in the woodwork. Don't acknowledge me. I don't want credit for anything. That's what Jesus, he says. Now, everybody wants to have a good reputation, don't we? Athletes want to be in the Hall of Fame. Actors want to be in the Academy Awards. Singers want to have the number one record. But the Bible says Jesus made of himself no reputation. You don't have to be the most popular girl or boy on campus. You don't have to be the most likely to succeed. You can just do what the Lord has called you to do. And the Bible says when you do this, he took on the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself be by becoming obedient to, to death, even the death of the cross. You talk about going from Oceanside to San Dimas. Jesus went from heaven to earth. Now that's quite a distance. And quite a change in scenery, isn't it? He came out of the bosom of the Father in all of his glory, all of his power, all of the wonder, all the beauty of heaven to <laughs> plop down here on earth. And he had to walk the dusty streets of Galilee and go and minister to people that were just not paying him any mind, wanting to uh, push him off a cliff, throw rocks at him. Ungrateful. This is the creation that he made. 
He called them into existence, but yet he had to come out of glory, out of eternity, into a confined place where he had to eat, sleep, and breathe just like us. So how much more can we be like him? Have that mind of Christ. Amen? And I want to uh, end by this. Jesus gave his life for us, and he didn't think of his own life. He, he, he didn't think about putting his own life in danger or in jeopardy, but he gave it for us. The Bible says that for scarcely a righteous man would die, yet peradventure a good man, some would even dare to die. So I, my hat is off to all the servicemen that go out into an, uh, a field of people that are trying to shoot you and kill you. What bravery is that? I, I, I can't imagine. I, that's not my skill set. I, I, I don't know if I could do it. But I came across this one story uh, this week where this young boy, six years old, was playing with his um, little daughter, uh, little daughter, little sister, out in the yard, and a German shepherd comes running, charging to attack them. What does he do? The dog is going to go for the girl, because that's the smallest. He jumps in front of the dog, takes the brunt of the bites and the scratches, and then grabs his sister and takes her to the house. And he wound up, if we can put that on the screen, he wound up with 90 stitches in his face, and he had to have plastic surgery. Six years old. And they asked him, why did you do that? He said, I thought it was better that I die than my sister die. And Jesus said, it's better that I die than we all die. He was a servant. If he's given his life to us, we need to give our lives to others. Amen? Let's bow and as we pray. Father, we thank you that we want to be like Jesus. We want to be that servant that goes ahead and and ministers to those that need help like a lifeguard would, that we would have that same spirit on the inside of us, that we would be not concerned about our own lives, but the lives of others. So, Father, impress upon us to do those things that are pleasing in your sight, to be cognizant and aware of those that may be hurting, those that need to know uh, your life and your truth. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed, said, Amen. Now, we like to offer a salvation prayer for those that have not been saved or for those that need to rededicate their lives and say, you know what, I'm not living exactly right for the Lord. I have a lot of things I need to firm up. So if that's you, we want to pray right now that you would, uh, if not, if you don't know the Lord, come to the Lord for the first time. And if you haven't been saved or you've been saved and you haven't been living for him, that you actually do that now. So let's pray that. If you bow your heads again one more time, Father, just repeat after me. Say, Father God. I thank you for your son, Jesus. He died on the cross, paid the price for my sin. I ask you to take my sin, forgive me of all of them, come and live and dwell in me forever and ever. Amen. And if you say, I haven't been living exactly the way I'm supposed to, as this, as this message went forth, I can see I've been, I've been being selfish. I've been not... Uh, adhering to the voice of the word of the Lord. So if that's you, 
I want you just to repeat after me. Say, Father God, I come to you now. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, of my reluctance to follow you, to come inside of me big and guide and direct me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you made that uh, decision today, you can, uh, there's a website on the screen. You can just hit contact and make a record of your commitment. We can pray with you, send you some information on how to uh, move along in the things of God. If you want to just call, we have a phone number. It's 626-332-1472. So we thank you for all that uh, you've done today. It's not that hot out here, is it? We got a little breeze, a little uh, uh, wind of the Holy Spirit to help us. And it's good. You know, I saw people out in West Covina and Covina eating under the tents like this. And so if they could eat under the tents, we surely can come and worship the Lord and get some encouragement. Amen? Amen. Well, let's close out the service. Nice message. Have a wonderful Sunday, everybody, and uh, enjoy the rest of the day. Whom shall I fear? Nobody, right? Holding on to you.
Sunday, everybody.